0: Hey, what's up, you sexy bitches, and welcome back to this week's Weekly D, and today I have the amazing Nicole the Pole on with me. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you about this, because I was a little bit scared to do this interview, because most of the people that I have on the show are people that I've been in contact with, or maybe know, or maybe I've even met in, like face-to-face before, and I was a little bit nervous, because I don't really know Nicole, but I tell you what, I... I just had such an amazing experience talking to Nicole she was a very positive energy something I wasn't really ready for to experience and it left me feeling amazing and I really hope that you love this one because Nicole opens up about so many different parts of her life that we don't get to hear online so without further ado this is the weekly d because honey if you ain't getting your d on the daily you better at least be getting it once on the weekly If you're not getting any and you want some tea, then come and join Dan up on the weekly tea. Week, week, weekly tea. It's the Weekly tea. Hey, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. It is a pleasure to have you on here. How are you doing?
1: I am doing wonderful. Greetings from Los Angeles.
0: Yes, well, greetings from the UK. Have you ever been to the UK before?
1: Of course they have. I was just there.
0: Of course. Of course. <laughs> Literally, this is why we're here. Of course.
1: What a stupid question. What do you think of the UK? So it's a little dreary. It's a little cold. But I was just there for the tour. <laughs> and I've been there on two other occasions uh, for teaching. I was there to teach right. a Black Girls Pole workshop. And then I actually performed there in Covent Gardens at the diesel store years ago for this diesel project.
0: That is amazing. Actually, um, this is one of the things I want to talk to you about. Um, You know, when we talk about your career and stuff, which we will get onto. But before we start talking about all these like projects, like Diesel, didn't even know about that one. So I'm (laughs) I'm gonna write that. I'm gonna write that shit down real quick. There's so much. (laughs) <laughs> I know, right? If you see me write anything down, it's because you've said something that I want to mention again. So I'm just going to okay. scribble it down. But um, given just for anyone who's listening to this, who's like, "Oh, Nicola Pole, who is this? So how can I find out more about Nicola Pole?" Tell us a little bit, of like a brief, sort of like down low on who Nicola Pole is, what you do, and um, just like an intro.
1: Oh wow, Uh, Nicole the Pole is a professional pole dancer in Los Angeles, California. I've been pole dancing for 16 years. I started in 2007. I have a personal training background. That's actually kind of what got me into it. I was already physically fit. And I went to a house party one day, saw some girls doing it, said, teach me. They showed me like two, three moves. And I was addicted from that point. I started teaching myself in my living room, uh, got a poll, started watching videos on YouTube. And then I bought polls from my gym that I actually owned at the time. And I started teaching my clients. And it just took off from there. I opened the pole studio two years later. And one of the things that I knew right away was that pole dance was going to revolutionize fitness for women. That was one of the first inner thoughts that I had. And I was like, I want to be the person to show people how cool this is, how it can be a great workout for women. That's something that you'll actually enjoy. And then it's, it's about being sexy and like tapping into your feminine energy. Like those are all of the like amazing things that I've gotten from it. And it's just helped me connect to myself and women in general around the world. So Nicole Pole is a pole dancer who likes to bring happiness and joy to people. I like to empower people. And I like people to just know how powerful they are just
0: in general, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Well, you dropped a little bit of a bomb there. So you said you had a studio. Do you still have the studio? So now I have a home
1: studio and I do private right, lessons okay. and I do group parties and, you know, I travel to people and do, and do and I do workshops now. But I used to own two studios in Los Angeles.
0: And I was, so was yours like the first studios in LA? Or I was one of the, one of the first
1: you? I was one of the first studios in L.A. There was about two or three studios um, when I opened. There was uh, S-Factor. There was B-Spun. And I, there may have been one other studio, but I was the first Black-owned studio and the first- I was biggest, just about
0: to ask And this. the
1: biggest studio. I had 10 poles at my studio when, like, back then, the original amount was maybe, like, four to six in most places. Just because, you know, most places were small. They didn't know how big this was going to be, but I had 10. Mm-hmm. So
0: every student got their own pole. <laughs> I'm kind of going off track a little bit here, but you, you just mentioned it the black-owned, first black-owned studio. What was it like in 2007 when you started for black representation within the LA poll scene? Was there did did you see many POC pollers back then or was it um, very much white dominated?
1: It was, but only because it was still fairly new. Like there was right. a young there was a lady that I knew of who she didn't have her own space, but she would rent a space out of another space. Like, that was actually one of the first things that I did when I first started. I rented someone else's space to use for a few hours to teach classes. So, there was a lady oh, wow. doing that. That was a black lady doing that. And then there was another lady in another, um, like in, the, in another county who had opened up a studio, but it wasn't her background. It was just something that she found out about and was like, let me open up a studio, like kind of like a business thing. Um, so, it was. It was it was just a few people at the time, so it wasn't even right. like a race thing yet. But the majority of people, yeah, who did open up studios were you know not black <laughs> or
0: not of color. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's amazing being able to say that you were the like first black woman mm-hmm. to open a pole studio. What yeah. made you decide to move away from the pole studio space? Was it just not your gig? You went into that side of it, or?
1: I mean, I'm still doing it, which when I, when I originally closed my studio, I thought I was going to be completely done with pole dance and I was going to be moving into coaching. So it it had to do with me thinking that I was moving directions and then realizing that I can actually do both and they don't interfere with each other. I actually went through like a depression during the time of me uh, closing my dance studio, which was back in 2016 and me trying to figure out can I do both? I was going like a, like almost like a personality split. Like Mm. I thought people wouldn't take me serious as a coach, as a life coach, if I was doing pole dancing. And I was very kind of like internally confused about it. Like, can I put the two together? Will people take it serious? And the beautiful thing about my circle of friends and my life is that I had so many people tell me that's what makes you who you are. You're the Mm -hmm. bomb because you do do these things, like put it all together. So after about like a couple years of kind of just kind of settle down and figure that out, I decided I'm going to be Nicole the pole. I'm going to be Nicole the soul coach and I'm going to do it all. And that's what I've
0: been doing since then. Right. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like. I guess the pole community it doesn't stop them from still being your clients for live coaching. I mean, we still need live coaching, right? There's exactly. And who are you going to ask? Are you going to ask someone that you don't know at all? Or are you going to ask Nicole the pole, who's been fucking doing tours with Snoop Dogg? What sort of fucking, that's like live coaching right there. Honey, let me live coach you and you could be doing the same as me, right? Exactly. Yeah. My resume exactly. is ridiculous. <laughs> right well let's go into that tell me a little bit about like what's when when people say to you like what's your biggest like achievements i shoot and we will get into snoop of course because everyone has uh-huh. done all the questions that were asked me they were like oh what do, would you like to test nicole oh snoop Dogg, this oh what do you think snoop Dogg? oh was she tied on the tour well, well so we'll go into the snoop dog but what are your uh-huh. other like big gigs you were talking to me earlier about diesel you worked with diesel in london right
1: yeah so when was this Maybe, I don't know, maybe 2013, 2014, (laughs) somewhere around there. But uh, 2014, 2014. So Uh I did the Rihanna video in 2013. That was the first music video that I did. Well, someone saw that video, Uh, the Poured Up song. Poured Up, Poured Up. Yeah, yeah. So I did that music video. Me and uh, Candice Kane were in that music video doing the pole dance. Um, Candice. Yeah, she's amazing. We're actually performing with Diplo this weekend. (laughs)
0: yeah. And I saw, <laughs> because I think I saw a video where you walked into the room and they were all like shaking. Yeah, we're all
1: twerking. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so oh, we performed a Diplo last me. year and Candice uh, got that job and uh, invited me onto that job. So that was really cool. Um, but the Diesel job was a campaign that Diesel did for their clothing company. And they made this video called the A to Z Dance Guide. And so for every letter of the alphabet, they had a dancer to match that letter. So like A was arabesque, B was ballet. C was, uh, K was crumpy. I was pole dancing for the letter P. And so they made this dance video showing clips of everybody doing their special skill to the letter that you know was set for them. And so from that video, the Diesel actually invited me out to come down to London and I performed at the Covent Garden store, which was freaking amazing. Like they treated me like a celebrity. They flew me out. I got to bring my brother. I had a hotel room for me and my brother. They were just like, what do you need, Nicole? And I was just like, I was literally bugging out. There was one moment I wanted to buy this really like, really nice purse. I was like, I'm going to treat myself. The purse was like $300 or $500, something that was way over budget for me. And I remember asking the manager, you know, because she gave me like a little discount. I thought that was going to be the thing that I was asking for. And she was like, hey, I'll talk to management and find out. She came back over to me. She goes, Nicole, we enjoyed you so much. We're going to give you the purse. Oh I my literally God. bawled crying because all these amazing things kept happening and it was just like it was getting better and better and it was just like it just all hit me like Mm -hmm. everything it was the rihanna video i did bruno mars it was going to london i think i also maybe did the neo video by this time or that maybe came just a little bit after but it was just like this whirlwind of press and amazingness and people just like saying you're amazing and we love you Mm -hmm. and i just cried (laughs)
0: profusely right. for like a couple minutes <laughs> and how so how did this like did you have a contact like what was what was your in do you know what i mean like you know how people have like that that first mm-hmm. door in and then it kind of carries on from there did you have like did they literally just find you on youtube or did they my
1: or... in was me <laughs> oh, right. okay. my in was literally me so for the rihanna video um I got a call from the guy who was doing the casting for it. So he called to rent my studio. And so that was how I ended up getting to audition for that because I had a pole studio. So again, I was the (laughs) in. Had I not had a pole studio, I don't know if I would have found out about that audition because there wasn't, I mean, let me see. We had Facebook back then. So maybe somebody could have posted and I would have saw, but that was so early that people didn't necessarily share Jobs and opportunities like that back then. You know what I mean? Like, I would have had to know somebody else. Yeah, I would have had, like, I can post on Instagram now and everybody around the whole world will know about something. Versus, like, (laughs) Facebook days, like, maybe not, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, I did that audition and then I booked a job. And then literally from booking the Rihanna Port-up job, I am still booking from that job 10 years later. Because someone saw me in that
0: video. Mm Mm-hmm. And is it because the – because, I mean, it's that whole thing of, like, if they see you in a video, they might think, wow, she's amazing, but who is it? Uh And then how do they – is it because – everyone kind of knows each other within L.A. Is it kind of like, oh, that's Nicole the Pole. Like, I booked her for this. Go and book her for this. So people are kind of all, like, talking. Is that how yeah, it works? because
1: even before music videos, like, when I first started pole dancing, I was pulling my pole out everywhere that I went. You would have thought I carried it in my back pocket. Like, I would go to parties and be like, hey, do you want me to set up the pole? Just because I was so excited about it and I wanted to show right. people, like, how cool it was. So just in L.A. in general, people knew who I was from mm-hmm. just regular settings it had nothing to do with you know celebrity stuff and you know mainstream but just from being in LA, in LA people was like that's the girl that got the pole she pole dance you know da 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 and so then once just like once you book something the word just kind of spreads from there so it's like oh you saw me and, and so the other thing with the Rihanna video they put my audition video out audition video out before the actual video and that video went viral that video got me on TV mm-hmm. So that Ah. really kind of pushed me out there, just kind of like catapulted me out there. And so it was just like this big Rihanna effect, or I like to call the Oprah effect. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like once your name gets mentioned. (laughs) And it went viral because you're talking this before Instagram, right?
1: This was YouTube. So it went viral on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And they put my name in the video, which was, that's rare. There's no, there's no artists who put out auditions of the people who are trying to get into their music videos and not even put the name on it. Like I was surprised. I was like, they put my name on it. It said Nicole, the pole Williams on the front of the video. And I was like, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Where does
0: the, um, where does the pole come from? So who, who was like, Oh, that's Nicole, the pole. Like (laughs) I assume it was a nickname you got somewhere. Where did it come from?
1: It is one of those things that somebody said it one day on Facebook and it stuck. Like yeah. people were in the comments going, ah, ha, ha, like Nicole the Pole, I guess like in so many people kept like talking about it that I just like changed my name to that one day on Facebook. And then that became who I was known as like grandmothers know me, Nicole the Pole. When I was on tour, I was in, This city called Christiania, I think it was in Copenhagen or Belgium, somewhere in Europe. And Uh we're in this little town, this little hippie town that's like its own little city inside this major city. And this guy that was selling weed on the street goes, I know who you are. Because we had like, I had my Snoop Dogg shirt on. A couple other people had like death row Snoop Dogs, And he goes, I know who you are. And we were like, yeah, whatever. He goes, you're the girl that books the pole dancers for Snoop Dogg. And we all go, what? Like, how do you know this? I got recognized in another country by somebody who you would never think would know who I am. Like, it's crazy. People who know me that, that are not even involved in pole dance, like whatsoever.
0: That is so fun. <laughs> you know, you know, you've made it when the person selling you weed knows who you are. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's that hilarious. Amazing. So talking of well, actually, the weed literally just made me think of it because Snoop loves <laughs> weed, right so Snoop Dogg let's so this is not the first time you've worked with Snoop Dogg I know right because no. I <laughs> I was looking when when I was doing my research I saw that you and Candice had actually done gigs with Snoop before mm-hmm. right Yeah. so so this was the first time he'd asked you to manage a tour was it or have you done it before for him? Um, I've managed bookings before, but normally the the bookings
1: that I took care of are everything on the West coast. So California, Northern California. Um, and then he did a December tour, uh, on some of the West coast States. And then I, I took care of booking all of those. I think it was like 10 to 12 shows, but I started with Mm -hmm. Snoop Dogg in 2019. That was when I did my first show. And that was in Northern California somewhere. Um, and then they loved me from that day. His manager, right. you know, fell in love with me. Snoop, you know, the vibe we had on stage was amazing. And then from there, anytime they had shows in California, the manager would just contact me directly and be like, hey, Nicole, you know, I want to bring you on. And then I would book all the other girls who would be dancing. And so that was how I got and, started. And it's, it, has he
0: got the same manager now that he had back then? Uh, I Well, from when I started, yeah. That's what I mean. So like the same contact you've had this whole time. Yes, same contact. Mm Yeah. That's amazing. So this tour, tell me about it. It looks like, how long was it? It would look long.
1: It it was 32 days and 21 shows, 21 shows in 32 days. So that means there were days where it was back. There were days that twice we had four shows in a row. Two times. So, like within, wow. I think in Australia, New Zealand, we did like a four show in a row. And then we did that. And when we went to Europe, UK, we did a four in a row.
0: And I remember, I can't remember who posted it. I think someone, had put, like one of the dancers who did it, posted like um, who was dancing in what bit and stuff. And you lot were dancing in quite a lot of songs. How many songs was it?
1: Um, so our set list, Snoop set list is about maybe 15 to 20 songs. And then we would dance to eight to nine songs. And the songs are, they're not like the full songs, not for most of them. Like the first song next episode is like two minutes. Um, and then there's other songs that are like two and a half minutes. There's a few songs where we actually do the full songs. Like I think, um, like central seduction is a full song. Um, what else is really long? Oh, uh, I want to fuck. That's like the whole song. And then there right. were a couple of times where we had to do maybe two songs back to back or three songs in a row. Like that's the only time where it's like, oh, my God, this is hard. <laughs> right. But other than that, it's like a song. You go off, you go back on two songs, you go back off. So it's it's pretty easy in that sense. But it is, a you know, it's a physically it's a lot of work to be doing. So I performed in all the shows all 21 shows but I didn't do the full sets I didn't do the full sets. so at the first half I was going in I was like I got it (laughs) and then my body started getting a little tired I was like okay uh for some shows I'm just going to do maybe my favorite two songs or favorite two to three songs and then I would book out uh additional ladies for the shows
0: yeah and how many ladies in total did you end up Using like the cost. I mean, do you even know the number? Like oh my god, I there? don't
1: know. But for the shows, I would I've booked anywhere from three to five ladies. So what I ended up learning towards the middle of the tour was that sometimes I was booking dancers who were not su- suited to dance to all the songs just because of their dance style and musicality. And so uh-huh. I would see somebody that looked really good audition wise and in their other performances, but it never did translate on stage to specific songs. So I started wow. going like, ah, okay, if they're this style, I need to just book them for the slower songs. And then I need to book somebody else for the faster paced songs. So once I figured right. that out, I started booking people for half shows. So one, it gave the opportunity for me to book more people. So more people got opportunity to dance on stage and then it, it, got, it made it better suited because I was looking and even management and like other people were like, mm, that person is not really because just because they couldn't, they weren't dancing to the music. They were kind of like in their own world. And so I had wow. to start giving speeches before the shows. Like I started really go- going yeah. in on the ladies and like really offering them like, Hey, this is not a competition. This is a performance. I was like, I don't give a fuck about your poll tricks. I don't give a fuck about your spatchcocks. Like if it doesn't go, it doesn't go like the audience mm-hmm. could care less. About the move that you're doing like this is not a poll audience, you know what I mean? These are regular people like the simplest things are the most beautiful things and they don't know what's beginner intermediate advanced like it's cute for your little Instagram reel, but in real life, it doesn't match it's not connecting so I had to like give that talk before shows for people to like perform to the music listen to the words when he's like grinding up on that pole i need you to be grinding on the pole not be trying to go into a pole trick when he's saying wiggle 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 i need you to be wiggling that ass because that's what the song is giving in that moment if you're in a trick like it doesn't connect and it's like nobody's looking at you and you think they are but everybody's looking at snoop we're an addition to the show you know what i mean and so it's like when snoop comes to interact with you you want to be ready to interact and play like it's all a on stage we're all just wanting to entertain the crowd and so I had to really give notes on that
0: I noticed that uh Kitty was booked so yeah Kitty from the UK yes listen no one can shake their ass like Kitty she (laughs) knows how to (laughs) shake that thing like she is amazing I um I noticed that Snoop took a bit of a liking to her as well right yes they loved each other that's so cute
1: and let me tell you something I almost did not book Kitty I had saw her audition video. I didn't think it was that great, which I told her, I was like, it just didn't grab me. And then I saw her, you know, everybody had to send an audition video to a Snoop Dogg song. And then they had to send me two other videos to like, you know, their best work, whatever they chose for that. So based on what she sent me, it didn't match Snoop Dogg. Like I couldn't picture her dancing to Snoop Dogg. Like it just didn't go. So that was the thing. Like a lot of people didn't realize that. You know, they were going, Oh, I'm better than this person, or I think I should be booked. But sometimes, a lot of times, People's style didn't match a Snoop Dogg song. And so when you're Mm. getting booked for jobs, you can't just book a job because you're great. You have to match. It has to go. Like there's certain artists that I know whose music I couldn't dance to. So I wouldn't go out auditioning for it just to audition for it. Like you have to make sure you actually can get down and be a little, you know, swaggy for the style that like Snoop Dogg music is because his music is not pole dance music. Like, you know what I mean? It's not music that really goes to pole dancing. So it's like, you have to really be able to adjust your style. So like Kitty, I didn't see it. Like I couldn't put the two and two together, but she had so many people advocating for her that I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and book her because I also pay attention to that too. Like what's the energy and feedback that other people are giving me for people? Because if somebody keeps speaking about someone, it's almost like you got to pay attention. Like I really listened to my intuition. And so I'm Mm -hmm. so glad I did because she totally kicked ass And then after the first show, like I really told her too, I was like, you know, there's certain places where maybe you weren't locked in. And then I was like, making sure you wiggle. So when she came back the second show. She had Snoop hypnotized the entire song because <laughs> she was doing what the music said, which was wiggle
0: that ass, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, she, and, and she the, crowd the crowd oh went crazy. The crowd went insane. I saw that video of her where she was like shaking her butt. And then all of a sudden, like the crowd go like, whoa. It's like, oh yes. God. I literally messed her. I was like, babe, they absolutely love you. That's, That's what nuts. it's
1: about right there. And if she would have started doing pole tricks, you know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. would have lost Snoop, would have probably walked away, and then, you know what I mean, it would have went on someone else, which is fine, but there's mm-hmm. those moments where you can really capture the crowd because you're entertaining. You're locking into what the song is actually talking about. Now you got Snoop looking at you, and so it's just like all of that together just creates this imag- just magical, iconic moment, and it's it's really dope.
0: What um, did, did you face any problems with, like, having dancers that you booked and maybe on the night you were having a nightmare because they weren't hitting the beats right or they just weren't giving the energy you needed like were you having to speak to people did you have any drama like that or was everyone um professional?
1: everybody was very professional uh there was no drama but there were definitely times where people like they weren't showing up based on what i had seen um another uk dancer which okay. we've had this conversation so i'm not trying to out her anything <laughs> but i think she she would love to for people to know this but it was a uh, caramel art or And, uh, when she did her first show, I was watching her from side stage and she wasn't connecting to the music. She was just up there dancing. And so I normally wouldn't necessarily want to say something because I don't want to take anybody out of their zone. But for her, because I knew she was so good. Like, I was like, I've seen your work. And I was like, you're not connecting to the music. And so... She took that in. And then, you know, I think she kind of picked it back up, but I was switching sides. So I didn't get to see the rest of her. But she did want to perform again. Like, and I would tell the girls if they did a really great job, if, you know, staff noticed them, like, most likely I would try to book them again. You know what I mean? And so I wanted to book her again, but I was like, she didn't show up. So I had a conversation with her first. I actually called her first and I said, how do you think you did uh, performance wise? And she was honest and she was like, I didn't bring my best self. And I said, what do you think got in the way of that? And she goes, I was thinking about what other people were doing from the Australia shows, trying to do tricks and stuff. And I said, that's the thing I exactly said not to do. Don't worry about the tricks, just perform. And she said she saw it. So she actually saw exactly what I was saying. And then second show, she came back and brought the fucking magic. So had I not given her that note, had I not talked to her, she wouldn't have been able to make the switch. So she got to learn something about performing, which I also understand that if it's your first time on a big stage, you're not going to necessarily know what to do. I've been doing this for years, so I get it. So I know that I can tell them this at the beginning of the show, but it doesn't mean they're going to actually like take it in all the way. So same thing with camera or like, even though I gave this speech, don't come out here trying to do the tricks, just perform and do what you know how to do. That went out, (laughs) Um, which I think happens because of social media. People look at the social media videos and they think, oh, when I go, I want to be doing something like that. And it's like, you can't copy what other people do. You got to do you, but you got to be connected Mm. to what's actually happening in the moment. Like you got to be paying attention to Snoop. You got to be really listening to the music. You got to be engaged with the crowd. Like it's a lot going on. And most dancers, if you've ever been in those settings, they're used to performing in very small settings. And the small setting performance Mm -hmm. doesn't translate when you're on a big stage. 15,000 people, lights, music, all that stuff. Like if you perform it like you're in a strip club, it's not going to be seen on a big stage. So it's like it's different things like that. Mm -hmm. But Caramel Ora brought it the second time, baby. And she's so inspired now. She was like, thank you so much for having that talk with me. Um, because that second show, the cameraman was on her. She's yeah. She was amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. She is lovely. I actually really like her and she's kind of like a newer upcoming name. in mm-hmm. the UK. And I really like what she's doing. I've actually booked her as well for my online platforms. Teach for oh, cool. awesome. awesome. I really love what she does. But, um, so did you notice any correlation between different? Cause you were talking about like, Oh, she was watching what the Aussie girls were doing now obviously as you know around the world like the aussie style is so different to like the uk style and did you have any problems with that Yeah. like ah like these styles are so fucking different like how do you oh, so the impossible? aussie
1: style was very strong powerful polars but it was very showgirl and the showgirl a lot of people were great pole dancers but the showgirl energy was like throwing it off and so Because I knew that's Mm -hmm. not going to go to Snoop Dogg music. Like, you can't be giving me these hands and this, yeah. And like that cheerleader type of energy. Like, that's cute if you're doing it to a specific song. But that energy is so. A lot of girls, that a lot of the Australian dancers, why they probably didn't get booked was because of their style didn't match the music. It didn't match the artist. It didn't match what. And again, they had the opportunity to dance completely different to a Snoop Dogg song. And they didn't. They danced mm-hmm. the same way they would dance to any other stuff. And you have to be able to change it up. Like if I'm dancing to an R&B artist, I'm going to look completely different than when I'm dancing to Snoop Dogg song. Or the way I dance to the faster songs are different than the way I dance to the slower songs. And I also don't dance to mm-hmm. like the big booty shaking songs. I leave that to the big booty girls because I don't have a lot of ass going on. So I know where to put myself. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like even me.
0: That's yourself. <laughs> yeah. Away. That's okay. Yeah. No, I, t- I totally get that. I think that's really good mm-hmm. to do that. I mean, what made them decide to, or more, I don't know if this was your call or whether it was more the managers, like what made you guys decide to have different people every show rather than take the same people around with you? I assume maybe it was a Yeah, cost, that like would have been a very to apply, expensive right?
1: to take uh, expensive, several people yeah. on a tour. So I'm blessed and grateful that I got to be the one chosen. And the other beautiful thing was It created an opportunity for people around the world that would never have the opportunity to perform with artists. Like one of the greatest things was how grateful all the dancers were. But it, I never realized when I was going on this tour that I would be providing that opportunity like that. Like people that would never like people Mm -hmm. kept telling me I never would have had the opportunity to perform with (laughs) artists. Like big artists don't come out here, so. Like, thank you so much. And I was like, wow, I didn't think about that. But this is so cool. And the other thing is, I always tell the ladies, like Snoop Dogg doesn't have to have four dancers. He could have two. He could have one. But he does four because he actually really does appreciate what we do. Like, literally loves pole dancing. Like, just the skill and the Mm. athleticism and the entertainment value that we bring. Like, he actually really appreciates that. It's not about just having girls up on stage who are in bikinis like he could that that's cute but he actually just he actually appreciates that we're actually fucking athletes and the the entertainment value that we bring
0: and what, what's he like as a person? I mean, do you consider him like a friend or is he more an acquaintance? More like, an acquaintance. Like we definitely is? got
1: closer for, during the tour because you know we always hang out after after show and stuff. And you know I get to take the, the the dancers to meet him to meet him after show and like do photos and stuff. But he's super cool. Like the way that you see him on TV, on you know anything that he's doing, that's literally his vibe. He's super cool. He's super laid back. And Snoop Dogg is about his business. He don't care about going out. He wants to make mm-hmm. his money. And that's, that's Snoop Dogg. And he smokes his weed. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I would, I would dread to think what his bill for weed per <laughs> month must come to. It must be Well, ridiculous. he has his own
1: weed yeah. line, so he probably doesn't have to pay for
0: it. So <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't know if whether, even if he had his own weed line, whether he could get it into, country like I don't know how I, 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 that I don't work. know like, we're traveling with it. So, yeah, I'm sure he finds a way <laughs> I'm sure people were probably hooking him up. <laughs> so what, what was your um what was your favorite country to visit that
1: one I cannot give you but I'm gonna give me a I'm gonna three. say
0: uh Australia
1: because I got to go to Bondi Beach with with hey, Maddie Sparkle yeah. in uh Bert, uh, dirty birdie <laughs> and okay, di- yeah. also also fun fact dirty birdie was the first person i contacted when i found out i was booking the tour because she was literally one of the first pole dancers that i used to watch on youtube when i first started pole dancing right and then
0: on youtube
1: youtube baby um yes. and what's so crazy when i contacted her she happened to be at dinner with like five other pole dancers. And so I was like, send me all the girls that you know. And literally all of those girls submitted. And so I think everybody actually got booked. Like all of them were actually good enough to get booked. I didn't do any favoritism like, hey, can you book my friend? I'm like, I don't care that it's your friend. Like she actually needs to be good enough to go on stage. You know what I mean? Um, so like. I took my job really seriously. I didn't know it was going to be as difficult as it was. Like, I thought I was just going to be able to look at auditions. I was going to get really get these amazing things. And then I was just going to know. But I had to go. I watched hundreds, hundreds of videos. I couldn't even get through all of them because I I literally was booking. If I saw somebody amazing, boom, they're getting booked. So it wasn't like I'm going to look at all 100 for one specific city first and then decide it's like as soon as you come up. Boom! I'm booking you, right? So that was kind of the process for people that yeah. were maybe wondering. I
0: do, I do appreciate that you said that actually, and only because don't get me wrong, I wasn't going to call it out or anything because so I did assume exactly what you just said. So, what uh, someone I know had uh, sent a video in. She was like, "Oh, Nicole didn't even watch my video," and my guest was like, "Well." I assume she probably got a fucking shitload of videos. Yeah, and right? I already booked I the people. So yeah,
1: like I already booked people. And right. it's possible I may have looked at the video, but it probably just didn't show on her end. Like I was doing submissions right. through like a Google form. So I don't even know if it necessarily let people know that I looked at their form because I also had a Google sheet. So there's people's videos that I looked at, but they maybe don't know that I actually looked at them. So there's that too
0: yeah i think it was like because she basically was like oh i I sent her a youtube link but the views on it didn't go up and i just said oh so i probably yeah i probably didn't see her." how many people probably didn't so how many people did apply do you know like how many people were on that group? i ended up with over 600 submissions by the
1: end of the tour i did not expect that at all that was crazy insane
0: that's (laughs) not like that's a lot to manage for you as well like um, Was that quite like like that? Must have taken up hours. It took of your time. hours
1: of my time. Like if I would have known I was going to get that submissions, I would have started <laughs> so much earlier. Like as soon as they let me know. But I waited till maybe t- two to three weeks before to start booking because I thought because mm-hmm. because of the, because of how I booked just the previous tour in December, I thought it was going to be super quick, right? And I didn't expect to be getting hundreds of submissions. So I'm thinking if I get 20, I can uh-huh. go through 20 real quick, right? So that was my, my mindset at first. But literally, <laughs> I was in Hawaii before the trip. I was taking like at least another one to two hours in the morning and in the evenings. And then when I got on the tour after show, I'd be booking dances. When I woke up in the morning, I'd be watching audition videos. So I was putting in time, plus trying to sleep trying to wake up trying to go to like it was so much like my time and I was just like oh my god like I'm. <laughs> it was a lot but again it was crazy it just felt like part of my job like I was so happy to be doing it and to be booking people like I didn't care it was like hey this is what I signed up for like do your job like let's go you know what I mean so I got it done now it all worked
0: right. out Hey, so sorry to interrupt your podcast. I just wanted to hop on really quickly and just tell you about one of our new sponsors for this week's podcast, and it is Hustler Heels. Look at these. If you are watching on YouTube or you've got Spotify and you can see the video, look how gorgeous these amazing heels are hustler heels are a very new brand and if you know grip and glow it's owned by the same person so you know you're going to get good quality and you're going to get a really good customer service but how cute are these heels like i've not seen heels that look like this the detail on them is amazing the back with the lace and stuff it's just so pretty so i definitely recommend you just go and check out hustler heels you can check them out on hustlerheels.co.uk they've got lots of different designs and they're coming out with lots of new ones too so definitely a brand you need to check out. And with all these amazing heel brands that we have now, we're just going to see the quality getting better and better. And that's so evident in these heels because the quality of them is just amazing. It's literally perfect. It's just so beautiful. Like the detailing on these is just gorgeous. So if you haven't already, get on your phone, go onto the internet, go and check out hastheheels.co.uk. Let's get back to the episode. So, What in the end made you decide to book pole dancers instead of strippers for Snoop's show? Oh, so what made you
1: think I booked pole dancers and not strippers? Well, because they're all famous pole dancers, weren't they? Uh, No, I booked a lot of strippers. You probably didn't know them because they were strippers and not famous to you. Oh,
0: that's good. Yeah. So So I
1: booked both and I didn't book people based on them being a pole dancer or a stripper. I booked them because they were good. So that's another thing for people that don't know. I don't care what your background is. (laughs) You could have not been listed on social media anywhere. And, but you sent me your videos and they were good. That is how I booked people. And there was literally a mix of everything. If somebody were to actually go through all the shows, it was almost like I had a mix of both for every show. Maybe Mm -hmm. in Australia, like a lot of girls were not strippers in Australia, but I had, when you came over to the UK and Europe, a lot of girls were actually strippers. But again, Right. That's not how I'm picking. I'm picking based
0: on are you good. <laughs> so uh, sorry. I hope that didn't offend you. Me asking that. I literally just thought of it whilst we were going. But and based on your response, did did you get some negativity? Uh, just based on how you responded. To I it, did heard you get maybe some just a few at, like, people.
1: A I heard a few people. And again, I don't right. take the few to mean the masses because again, like I said, I booked over six. Right. I looked at over six hundred videos, and the poll industry is millions of people so those little few people uh-huh. are the people that i know they don't know <laughs> and so when right. you said that i was just like here's another person that just actually doesn't know what's going on and you didn't pay attention to yeah, every yeah. single show that was booked so for the people that are listening well, to this course. i booked everybody
0: that's good mm-hmm. Well, i think obviously like it's based off of what we see right exactly we see all these famous pole dancers and stuff and we we're just like oh okay where are the, <laughs> you know that literally and i only actually even thought about that just as we were talking i was like oh actually yeah i wonder what made her decide to do that oh so like, okay so you did you did and did you get quite a lot of people from the stripping community i got a lot yeah,
1: i got a lot a lot yeah. yeah and so eventually i will but this is going to take time but eventually so what i did when i booked all the ladies i actually called everyone and did a video interview and when I let people know that I booked them, I took a photo, like a screenshot of their reactions. So eventually I'm going to yeah. make this really cool video of all the people and the reactions and then actually tag everybody. So everybody will be able to see who was actually booked for the shows. But again, if you only follow well-known pole dancers, you think I only book pole dancers that's the thing so you don't see the other girls that were booked who were maybe strippers or came from other backgrounds who are not famously known for pole dancing because I didn't book people because they were well known again they need to be good enough there's a lot of well-known people who were not booked because they just did not match to me so there's Mm. that
0: so I mean with the like well-known thing um obviously like some of these pole dancers were pretty well-known, right? I mean, you had like Dirty Birdie, Michelle Shim... Oh, not Michelle Shimmy, fuck well, life. Maddie Sparkle, um, you know, so a lot of big, well-known mm-hmm. pole dancers were doing it. Um, I assume as well, so... And again, please, I hope you don't taste <laughs> it right. Like, when when you're doing this, right, mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I kind of thought, I thought, wow, that's actually a really clever marketing technique for you. I don't know if you did intend for it to be this way, but I thought, fuck, that's so clever. I would have 100% done the same, by the way. But I was like, so I saw when you would started, you were on like a certain amount of followers. And when you finished, I was like, oh my God, this has just blown your Instagram up to so like loads and loads of people, right? So that's actually been amazing for you. I mean, have you noticed... Like a massive increase in engagement because of these big names and stuff. Like, yeah, any, and I don't think you should be afraid to say. By the way, yeah, actually, it was totally like for some of these people I booked, it was a complete bonus that they had a massive following because it benefited me. So I don't. Well, see so why it I actually you. don't
1: care about following stuff. Like, I already had a good following. Like, and those numbers are not the real amount of people that are actually following you. So, in that sense, right, the numbers don't matter. Because it says I got Thank over a hundred thousand. There's not over a hundred thousand people looking at my page every day. It's just not. No, and for other people, I wish
0: there was. I wish there was. So
1: in that sense, <laughs> the numbers I could care less. I already have a huge following. So the added following, yes, that's a bonus because it's in. Again, following only matters to me if you can monetize it and if you can connect with people to actually share some share something with them. If you have a huge following mm-hmm. and you're not doing any of those things, your numbers don't matter. So for me. Yes. Okay. It's cool. I got extra followers, but only if I can turn it into something. Meaning, can I share something with you? Can I get something from you? Is there like a give, a give and receive? And can I go on tour and then kind of go back and reference back to these people? That is the only mm-hmm. way in which those numbers could actually matter. So that's how I look at right. it. But I didn't know. I didn't think about that prior to like, there's a lot of things that came from this that I just didn't think about. Again, I was thinking about, Oh, I'm going on tour and I get to book the dancers. Like those are the things that I was just happy about.
0: Well, I just kind of thought, well, like, even if you had, like, I just, so I'm like one of these people that I'm just like, so what if you did? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, so what if you did book it to get so much followers? What's the harm? Oh like, yeah. You got to get some, you got to get some benefit out of this experience. Right. Cause I assume obviously it was probably a well-paid gig, but I assumed the amount of work you probably had to do, it probably wasn't enough, right? Because it sounds like you were doing hours upon hours, you're away from home and stuff. So I kind of was a bit like, huh. And the only reason I say this is because obviously, with everything positive, and I don't know how you feel about this, because I want to get onto things like manifestation stuff. Mm-hmm. A I think with everything positive that happens online, there's always people that are trying to drag you down. Mm-hmm. To like, so little things like that about the stripper comment—I could tell as soon as she responded to me, I was like, "Wow, okay, she's had some feedback here." I noticed again the negative feedback about like, "Oh, why isn't Snoop paying enough money?" Like, that's your problem. All of a sudden, I'm like, "Why has that got anything to do that's with her?" She ain't the, <laughs> She ain't setting the pay. I'm always but trying to get the number. I'm up. always
1: trying to get the number up. <laughs>
0: But can I just say as well, right? And and I did. We're not going to go into who talks about it or whatever, because I just feel like it's totally not worth bringing light to. But the whole payment thing. This is a controversial thing for me because we have part of the community that are like, oh, you know, we should be paid. Like we're you know performers, we're professionals. We need to be paid properly. But then there's also the other side of me that's like, listen, okay, I'm not obviously. I've, I've never really listened to Snoop Dogg's music, obviously, but. Um, if Beyonce called me and said, hey, dad, I'd love you to be in my show. <laughs> Fucking babe, I would pay her to be in her show. Let me tell you. I'd be like, fuck, it's Beyonce. I'm obsessed with her. I'm going to do it. So it's just like, oh, it's, I totally understand what people are saying. Yeah, sure, people need to be paying stuff. But if, if someone is happy with the payment and they have chosen to do it for that money, why does it bother that person who... and what? I mean, I have so much to, know to say about you this. Think. Please, <laughs> please. Because I think, it's a, I think it's a jealousy thing. Personally, I think it's a jealousy thing, but I don't, I'm intrigued. To know it's it's a lot of things. It's, it's different for different
1: people, but I will say this, and this is, I talk about this because I actually do a workshop on this, on manifesting your dream opportunities and choosing your rate. I make more money performing for regular people. Like my performance oh. rate, if I were to do a music video, Seven fifty minimum. That's more than I make wow. on a Snoop Dogg job. But I've also done other jobs where I get paid less. This is the and this is what I tell people: if you're going to choose a, a job that pays less than what you want, it has to have a back end profit. Like it mm-hmm. needs to make money in another way. Will it make that n- money in another way? That's the question you have to ask yourself, right? I did a video for. Cardi B, it paid under what I wanted to make for the video. So again, I wanted to make $750. I didn't make that. So probably I got paid like $500 or something. But I knew back end wise, that video was going to pay me. You know what I mean? And it did because I got to right. work with Cardi B on several other occasions and I made tens of thousands of dollars. So, right. and it's a choice, right? I also know that not every job, like if it's if it pays less than what I want, but I don't care for the job, I'm not going to do the job. There's that. Right. right. I get to say yes. Everybody gets to say yes to what they want to say yes to. You also get to ask for more. And you right. also get to think of other ways to increase your income because not one job is going to take care of you. So even if a Snoop Dogg job or a Beyonce job or whoever, let's say it paid a thousand, that thousand is not going to take care of your life. You got mm-hmm. other ways in which you need to be making money instead of trying to make one person take care of your life. One job doesn't do that. Just like when you work a nine to five, that nine to five is not going to take care of your entire lifestyle. You need to be coming up with other ways to make that money. And if you're going to say yes to a job, say yes to it and don't complain about it or pass it on to somebody else because there's plenty of jobs that I get offered and I'm going, nope, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to pass it on, but I'm going to also figure out other ways. So like for the Snoop Dogg jobs, like early on, I also had the opportunity to rent my poles. There was that. So I get to make more money. I get to make what I actually want to make because I'm renting my pole stages now. And then there now. so those stage poles are your pole? Well, for like the California shows, I had the opportunity to do that. But for these shows, they actually did. So for UK, they bought poles. But for certain other cities like Sydney and Australia, other ladies, some dancers, some not dancers, they actually got to rent their poles and make additional money.
0: Yeah, Justine McLucas, um, I remember seeing she posted, she was like, oh, so I'm not in the shows, but I'm renting my part. Exactly. And it's like, there's Mm -hmm. so
1: many things. Like, don't get so caught up in the number. But also don't perform for something that you don't feel like you're getting your worth. I'm going to tell everybody Mm -hmm. that. So if you don't like the rate, say no to it. Because there's somebody else who, that's the perfect number for them. There was also girls who were like, I want to out like there were people who wanted to do shows. This is over the whole time, not just for this tour. But there's people who are like, I'll pay money, meaning they're coming from so far away or having to pay for a flight or something where they're actually paying money. I don't like to book people like that. I'm like, you need to be getting paid in some fashion. So like you saying you want to buy a flight to pay four hundred dollars for a flight, uh, but the job pays four to five hundred like that doesn't make sense to me. But some right, people really right. want the opportunity and everything is not about opportunity unless you can flip it. You know what I mean? But if you can't flip right. it, if you are just doing it for, I say, don't do it because you're telling the universe to say yes to that. So you're telling the universe to say it's almost like what if somebody else offers you a job and it pays 200 and then you're looking at them like they're crazy like everybody wants to complain about the regular people that shortchange them but they but they're not saying anything about the, the the people that they think should pay them more they're saying yes to those jobs still and that's my thing like you need to choose for yourself don't just be saying yes because it's a specific artist but make sure it makes sense for you like if i feel like i'm gonna complain about the price at all i'm not doing the price. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I also I would I charge a thousand dollars to perform for regular people. I don't get that performing for Snoop Dogg, but I enjoy performing for Snoop Dogg. So that's Mm -hmm. the that's the win for me. And it's created a relationship in which I've been able to. Now I've created a relationship with that team to where it actually led me to bigger and better things, because I did say yes to an amount that wasn't the amount that I want to get paid. So there's that, you know what I mean. So it's, you really have to think about it for yourself individually, and you can't think for other people. You can't tell other people, "I don't think you should be doing that job because it don't pay this." Well, let them decide, and let them also look at what other factors are maybe involved.
0: Does it does it make you any feel? Sorry, does it make you feel any kind of way? That obviously, like I said, you'll charge a thousand dollars to perform at someone's birthday party, mm-hmm. for example. But for Snoop Dogg, he'll only pay maybe four or five hundred. Mm-hmm. Does does it make you feel any kind of way knowing that he could definitely afford more than that? Does it make you think why though? Like, no, because there's no use
1: saying that he can definitely afford more. There's still budgets to tours right because if that's the case you're gonna have to go up to every single artist and tell them they're not paying somebody enough who are you to decide Mm -hmm. what an artist is going to put in their budget to pay their artists you know what i'm saying he could he could choose another because you could also shoot yourself in the foot and snoop can go oh all these ladies want to make a thousand that's not my budget i'm going to book regular dancers who have a more affordable rate to match their budget every single artist can do that so again Watch what you're complaining about
0: <laughs> right. and 100%. and go yeah. to the
1: source. Okay. If you got a problem, don't go to the other people, go to the source, but also making sure mm-hmm. that you're even, even involved in the game. Okay. If you ain't got no skin right. in the game, shut up. <laughs> Just shut <laughs> right. up.
0: But did you notice that a lot of the people mentioning this topic were people who weren't booked for the tour? That's why I didn't What's pay them goal? no
1: mind. That's why I paid them no mind.
0: Right. <laughs> and do, you, do you where do you think that that comes or do you think that because i i mean like i said earlier i feel like it must come from a place of maybe jealousy or envy that they're not been booked or you know because it's never it's never people who are booked complaining of course because they were booked they wanted the job mm-hmm. but it tends to always be people who aren't doing like you said they haven't got the skin in the game kind of thing mm-hmm. like how how do you feel about that because i feel like that's like a A mindset thing definitely manifestation like it's not going to be a very positive mindset to have to be like moaning about something that doesn't even involve you you
1: yeah like i said complaining energy begets more things for you to complain about take action if you don't like (laughs) what a job is offering you don't have to submit for there's that job so it's like Mm -hmm. what are you complaining about then because Right. You know what I mean like I don't got to say yes to anything and I don't say yes to any job that I don't like the rate on it <laughs> I just don't and if I'm gonna say yes to it I'm gonna try to figure out another way to turn it around and flip and make the extra money But at the end of the day, I work for myself I will do jobs that are free that I would normally get paid for I am doing a sound bath session for a friend who is hosting a yoga workshop. okay I could get paid hundreds of dollars to do this. It doesn't pay. I'm doing it because it's what I actually enjoy to do and I am being of service, okay? So there are going to be jobs that don't pay what you want. You don't gotta say yes to it. You also don't gotta complain about other people saying yes to it if that's what they're choosing for themselves, because there are other ways to make money. That's why I get Mm -hmm. to, that's why I can attract other jobs that pay crazy amounts of money. And it makes up. It makes itself up. At the end of the day, y'all working other jobs. You guys are working regular ass jobs that pay you less. Okay? Okay? Your nine to five jobs (laughs) pay you dollars. Like, less than $100. Less than $200. So, to go have fun and do what I love and get paid hundreds of dollars works for me. If it doesn't work for me, I'm going to ask for more or I'm going to say no to the job.
0: Plain and simple. Right. (laughs) How how do you deal with like I I can obviously tell even just by our conversation that this is something you feel passionately about, and I I love that you've been so honest with me. And um, how how do you deal with? That negativity, that you know, because for me it really does drag me down. Like I hate it when anyone's bringing that negativity to my page about anything that I've done. Mm-hmm. Like, so if someone's coming to your page saying, "Oh, why, why are you not paying the dancers more? Like it's your problem. Like you set the budget or something." Like you said, it, how, do you just delete it and move on with your I life? I do. Or do you ever? I do. Okay, you don't respond. No. <laughs> I've I, I, I... Or sometimes I'll do a general I'll do a general
1: response sometimes to just... Because I'm like, mm. if somebody's coming to me, there's somebody else that has this thought. So sometimes I'll do a general. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a connection to me, you don't know me like that. You don't get to come in my inbox, my text, my phone. You don't get to come talking to me. <laughs> you don't know me like that. And you don't have no skin in the game, baby. And so what wow. I then do with that information is... I shared in a way to other people to how to overcome that like I did with you. Right. I talk about the ways in which you can manifest and create more for yourself and also again I tell people choose what works for you. If it doesn't leave it for the other people.
0: Right. I love that. Yeah. I think it's um it's that is, as that something that you've had to work on over time? Because I have to say, like, you, like you said, you're like, if this doesn't serve me, I'm just going to delete it, and I'm not yeah. going to worry about you. You know, has that taken you a while to build up? Like, or have you always been so thick-skinned with it, or have you? Ever been in a point of your life where you did snap back or you would reply and be like, bitch, fuck you. You know
1: what I mean? (laughs) I will never reply like that. (laughs) But I I, sometimes I I realize, especially on this tour, we're getting just uh, so many messages from people. And I was just like, you know what? I don't have to respond. So I think that with so many messages coming at me from any and everything, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna respond to all of it. Like that, it's taking my time and energy. And I feel like this year I just really took it on like. I don't have to respond. It's not my conversation. It's a conversation they're having with themselves. I don't got to be involved in it. And so I would say that for anybody because I don't have anything to defend or prove to these people. You know what I mean? So um, unless they personally know me and can actually have this conversation and it's going to actually create some benefits for some people. Right. I'm not having it then. So unless it's good, if it's good energy, if you come out with me with the good energy and it's positive and we got something to build upon with it, then I'm going to do something Mm -hmm. with that. Because I actually did a job before and I was coming in to to help choreograph. I was making more as a choreographer than the dancers. And I didn't feel good about that. I was like, how are these people working their asses off right now? Like I'm watching them days on end rehearse. And I'm like, I'm sitting over here and I'm not doing anything and I'm getting hella paid. And I was just like, this ain't right. But at the end of the day, I had to realize it's that thing again, this was one job (laughs) like that I was doing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting paid that. Like, if you think about the, the, the. Their contract, let's say they're going to go on tour for like a month or something like that. They're making more money than I am for just those few days. Like, it seems like I'm making a lot. But at the end of the day, they're going on tours. They're getting the vacation. You're getting the free trips. Like, it's like all this other stuff that is involved, which people don't understand. So it's like when you go telling an artist, hey, I think you should be paying more. You don't realize how many other things they're paying for. Like me being on tour, I got to see it. You got the hotels. You got the cars, the... The, you know, the the taking care of everything that it takes to put a freaking show together. Like all the mm. moving parts is so freaking much. And unless you can put your, together a budget for something, <laughs> you don't get to tell somebody what they get to pay.
0: <laughs> you just don't. It's funny, actually. Do you know, it's when when I mentioned it to you, actually, and you were saying like, well, Snoop hasn't got any involvement with that. Like You don't even think about that really, actually. Because when I said to you, I was like, does it ever make you feel any kind of way knowing that he can afford that? But actually, you then forget, actually, it's not him at the end of the day with the cash saying, okay, here's your money. Here's your... He doesn't have any involvement with that, I assume, right?
1: I like, have he, no that's, idea. That's I mean, I, I don't know, but there is a budget set in place for any type of mm-hmm. moving project, music video, TV show, and there are rates that are set to to, to pay people at. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think the, the number it, within the dance industry itself, pole dance is new you know it's very new so people don't know yeah. to pay more because in my mind I think I should receive more because it's a it's much more physically taxing than regular dancing uh, that so that's me in my mind right that's what i'm saying yeah. so in that sense that's why i charge more for what i do but the industry doesn't know that the industry is booking us as dancers so if they can dancers, book a hip hop yeah. dancer at that rate they go i can book a pole dancer at that rate so Management is coming from that end. They're not in pole dancers head going, oh my God, the time that they put into this, the rehearsals, their bodies are being so exerted. We should give them thousands of dollars. Nobody's thinking about that. That's an us not. thing. That's a us conversation. And so, like I said, if you're having that conversation with yourself, go have that conversation with the person on the job that you are wanting to book. Don't have it with other people because mm-hmm. it's not. it's not helping not. you. Go have it with the source mm-hmm. if you want to have that conversation. Mm. I'm not the source.
0: Well, well, <laughs> well this is it. And what and why do you think people try to make you the source? Do you think Because this is somebody think they think they think
1: they just think I'm someone that they can access, but I'm not the source. Go
0: to the source. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well th- this is the truth, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think because they and do you think talking about that actually in access, did you you notice that because um, you mentioned it earlier about how people just felt like they could access you and just drop a message to you? Like that must be draining a spark. Like, how do you... It would only be I, draining I guess...
1: if I tried to communicate with all of it.
0: <laughs> but mm-hmm.
1: there's no way that I can. Yeah. It's just messages that are just going to get missed or I'm going to look at it and I'm just going to keep going on about my day.
0: Yeah. Fair. So I, I noticed, because um, Miles and Candace and you, yes. it seems like, is this like a you guys all kind of share jobs between each other and stuff. I love this. Is this like you guys need to create an agency or something together? Well,
1: I feel like I've already created my own agency, but yes, that's something that I actually want to do officially. Um, But I've been Uh doing that for years where the people that I know people that I meet, I am always sharing and referring jobs. I believe that is one of the reasons that I stay booked and busy myself because I am always providing opportunities for other people. Like I actually have pleasure in that. It actually feels good Uh to know that I'm helping other people manifest opportunities. And then from those opportunities that I booked them for, they can now create their own magic and kind of like, you know, whirlwind from that. Because I always tell people, and this is what I teach in my workshop, which I'm going to be offering soon, another one, like a virtual, but I tell people that when you go on jobs, you need to come in with an energy where people remember you forever, because one job can lead to jobs for years, years. Mm -hmm. And one of the affirmations that I use is when I go on a job, I have the opportunity to also book other people. So when you book jobs, if you don't think about other people, nobody's going to think about you. You know what I mean? So sometimes a lot of people are afraid to share jobs because they think, oh, if I share this job with this person, this person may take the job from me. You can't think like that Uh, because what's for you is for you. Can't nobody take anything from you.
0: Isn't affirmation something that you say out physically? Yes, I say it out loud.
1: Like I am booking jobs in which I get to provide opportunities for myself and other people
0: right and do you say these when you're at the job or do you, is it something It's something i say before i, say say have, before have I go on you. a job
1: but before so yeah. like i before i go on any job and just like even with this Snoop Dogg tour i said that i was going to have an amazing time that it was going to flow that i was going to meet amazing people like i said all these little affirmations and i read it back the other day and i was like oh my god all this stuff happened <laughs> but before yeah, yeah. i go on like music video sets for instance i'll say i'm going to get along with everybody on set everybody is going to be in love with me people are going to remember me from for more opportunities to come uh the energy is going to be great on set like i say all the things that i would want my experience to look like and that always ends up happening we actually do have a say in that like i have a say in my experience somebody else that comes on the job could have a completely different experience than me we could be on the same job mine's gonna be different though because of what my intentions that i said at the beginning And I tell people to Mm -hmm. do that, like before going on stage with all the dancers, I do intention setting where we actually take a moment to say what we would like to manifest on stage. And I did that with all the shows. I think I only missed like one or two shows, but the girls did it separately. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But that is that's I think is so powerful because our voice and our thoughts manifest themselves when we use them intentionally. So if I say, before I go on stage, I'm going to have magic and iconic moments. I'm going to mesmerize these 15,000 people. I'm going to make people feel powerful. I'm going to make people want to actually do pole dance. I'm going to make people actually appreciate this art form where they're going to go and tell other people. If I'm saying that before every show, you can damn well believe that's the energy that is going out.
0: And when did this manifestation journey start for you? Did this is this something you've done for a long time, or have you always kind of been like a positive kind of soul and then you really understood what manifestation was? Because I only really found out about what manifestation even was, if I'm honest, within like the last maybe four years. Uh-huh. I didn't really know what it was. I thought I thought fricking vision boards were for like crazy people. And then <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is a vision board? Oh yeah. You know, Look, and now I'm like I'm all right. I there. <laughs> i love that but when when did you get into that and how did you get into that um
1: i'm gonna say 2004 um i read this book called conversations with god by neil donald wash and it was one of the first like spiritual books that i read and i had this client Mm. who i used to personal train at the time she was always talking this spiritual talk like it sounded like crazy talk at the time. You know, she's talking about abundance and gratitude like all these words, you know, the spiritual words. And I was just like, what lady, like what? But it sounded so good. She was just always like high energy <laughs> and positive. And I was like, I like it. And she was like, you should come to this. You should come to my my church. It was a non-denominational church called Agape here in California. And it's one of the most wow. well-known spiritual centers if you've seen the movie The Secret. Uh, the pastor from Agape is actually in that. His Rev- Reverend Michael. Um, Lisa Nichols is a speaker and author, and she's also in that video. She's also a friend of mine now. But I started reading books on spirituality and metaphysical studies starting in 2004. And that's when I was like, it was like the, the lights got turned on for me, like mentally. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. And it was almost like it's the stuff you already know, but you've forgotten. Like we are so powerful. Like I learned how our minds work. I learned, I had got a life coach in 2007. She taught me about doing vision lists and, and how writing out statements of what you want for your life can come forth. Like I wrote out, I'm in TVs, movies, magazines, blogs. People are always doing articles on me. I wrote that in 2007. I wrote that I'm buying Mm -hmm. a house for my mothers and brothers one day. I wrote that in 2007. It happened in 2013. So like a lot of things you write can happen instantly. Like I have things that happen in 10 minutes, in a week, in two weeks, in a month, years. So it's like time is like you you don't know. Like you don't ever need to feel like, oh, I wrote this thing down and it didn't happen because you don't know when it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So you always got to believe that the thing that I say is going to come to fruition if it's in my highest good.
0: I think there was a period where I thought that, I, I thought people wrote things down and just waited for them to happen. Mm-mm. I was like, that's not gonna work. <laughs> but obviously upon like finding out more about it, and um, I read this book, um, I don't know if you would have heard of it, it's called Get Rich Lucky Bitch, and someone told me about okay. it. It's like, honestly, it was about this female entrepreneur who worked her ass off obviously, but she, alongside this hard work, used manifestation to, make sure that her business and she was successful and it was just really intriguing. She was like, listen, you're not putting the right stuff down and it's just going to come true. She was like, this doesn't work without the hard work. And I was like, right. Okay. This actually makes more sense to me now, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it's something that is still a lot of people don't know much about. And is this what your coaching business that you were talking about? Is this, is this helping people with this side of their lives, the manifestation side?
1: Yes. Yeah, so like one of my niche areas is working on mindset. Um, and helping people to see their blind spots. So like, I can be in conversation with you and I can tell you like within a few minutes, like, okay, this is why you're attracting this in your life. And this is why this is not coming forth, right? It's it's all in our language. The stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and other situations, like the people that stories, the stories that people make up about the Snoop Dogg tour or why they're booking jobs and why they're like, I had a person who I didn't book for a job and they sent me a long ass DM about all the reasons that I didn't book them. And they were literally projecting all the things that they didn't like about themselves or that, that they had heard about them. And then they said that that was the reason I wasn't booking them. So it's like everything well, is, is stories in our heads. Like the reason, like we'll take the things we don't like about ourselves and say, that's why we weren't booked. And it's like the person uh-huh. that's booking, you don't even know any of that stuff. Like I, they don't even see it. So a lot of our shit is our own shit. And so because we have these negative thoughts about ourselves, we're literally blocking the wonderful things that be- that could be coming our way, the abundance that's already there. For instance, and, before the Snoop, this um, I got this Snoop Dogg booking, uh, I uh-huh. had an affirmation I had started using, a new affirmation. It's, it's one I just keep trying to change it around. But I had a new affirmation that I started saying at the beginning of the year which was i get paid ridiculous amounts of money to travel be good energy be of service and do what i love it sounds simple but that's what i do with my everyday life like i get paid ridiculous i get paid abundantly to do what i love be of service be good energy and then also like provide service like how beautiful is that mm. and then i've continued to attract opportunities that feed that af- affirmation imagine if I was just sitting around waiting for somebody to just give me a job versus I go do what I love to do. Like I'm doing the sound bath, right? I'm not getting paid for that job, but I'm doing what I love. The universe goes, Oh, I'm going to send you some money in another way in another opportunity doing more of what you love and being of service. Mm
0: -hmm. And are you doing these coaching sessions with people? as like a one-to-one thing. Yes. They're like,
1: one to one and then I'm going to be doing how? a workshop. <laughs> so, you can contact Where you me find the time. I have so much time. Like I don't work all day. I work like two to maybe 4 to 5 hours a day. And and okay. and, and that's not even every day. Like because I do private mm. lessons now, I'm not on anyone's set schedule. My schedule is my own. It goes off my energy, how I feel. Um, and I work as much as I would like to work. I don't believe life is about working all day. That's like a Mm man-made construct to make society go, but I believe in balance. So I teach my clients about balance too, because working all day is not enjoying life. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, right? It's not. Yeah. We should be doing more things that actually feel good to us. And when you do more things that just feel good to you, like I went outside and did yoga in the sun today, just so I could feel Mm -hmm. sun on my body, tan my face, and then i and I only planned to do that. That led to me doing a workout. So because I got some sun on my body, I got myself moving, it inspired me to actually go work out. <laughs> and then I got to do this right. amazing podcast today. And then later right. I'm going to the spa with one of my clients. So today was like a self-love day. I didn't right. work today, but I, I did do work on me in moving my body, exercising, and loving on me. To me, that's also a form of self-love, and working on myself. And then tomorrow, maybe I'll have some clients, maybe I won't. But the clients and the jobs are always gonna come because I leave space for it and I'm only saying yes to what I want to do. I don't say yes to anything I don't wanna
0: do. I'm can I, because um, we're coming up for time and I just yes. want to, I really wanted to get this question in. Okay. Um, you're such a positive energy. I've really picked that up from you. I really like, like you're very positive and I love that. And I was really just intrigued to know how you dealt with, because of what you do as a job, I assume, mm-hmm. it must have had a massive effect on you when COVID happened. Mm-hmm. How how did you, especially as someone who's so positive, when that happened, how did you, I'm hoping you're going to give me like, right, Dan, I use my manifestation <laughs> powers and I put a spin <laughs> on it. What, what did you do? Did you, did you have a bad period during that or did you remain positive? I
1: did not have a bad period. So because I work for myself, I didn't work for anybody else. So that made a difference. So I already have my home studio, which I'm glad I had a home studio and not a storefront. Cause if I had a storefront, I'd be paying a year to two years worth of rent back rent. So thank goodness yeah. I closed my studio back in 2016. <laughs> like like it's Christ little things lost. like that. Like the universe is like already like, boo, let that go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so for the first, very first couple months, the intense months where it was like, okay, we really didn't know. Like I had, I stopped teaching classes and then from there, I started doing private lessons only. So I was only having one person kind of come in at a time. And then since pandemic, I literally have kept that up. I never went back to the class schedule. I actually realized I enjoy doing privates way more. I'm making what I want to make over $100 an hour. I charge $125 for a private lesson. Um, For parties, I charge $300 and up. So like that's why I tell people like there's so many different ways you can be making money. Like to complain mm-hmm. about me performing for an hour for you know whatever amount when it's like I do other jobs and I make less than that, you know what I mean? Or I do other jobs uh-huh. that I make more than that. It's all relative. Mm-hmm. It's like just enjoy it. You know that it's adding up. You know what I mean? But I got to do private lessons. I did some more virtual stuff. Um you know, we got unemployment, <laughs> you know what I mean? We were unemployed at the time. So it was like, it was a really good time. I would say the only thing that got a little weird for me was when we did have those couple of months where I wasn't interacting with people, I realized how much I actually do need interaction. Like for me, I was like, oh, I work from home. I'm going to be fine. I'm used to being at home by myself. But even though I'm used to being at home with myself, I still was interacting with a person or two with my clients. So when that didn't happen for about a two right. months, I did get a little mentally like,
0: Uh, like
1: when I'm gonna see people again like this is crazy
0: yeah yeah for sure and obviously again like just coming back to that whole like because you are such positive energy like do you have you ever had any times in your life where that positivity has been tested oh honey yes I kind of thought if anything was going to test it it might have been COVID no oh so okay for me it was my
1: depression that I had right before I closed my 20 in 2016 So this positive light that you see, like that's always been in me. When my depression, that was completely gone. I would wake up, be on the couch looking at TV, looking at my desk going, there's all those things that I have to do. And could not get myself to move and be in action on the things that used to bring me joy, love. And then I couldn't feel Mm -hmm. the... Like the little fire, the little thing that gets us. I couldn't feel that. Like I actually couldn't feel it. Like I couldn't even get my brain to wrap around the positive things that I used to think. So it felt like somebody took something out of me. And I remember feeling so lost in that because I was like, Where is my zhuzh? Like, where is that thing inside of me? Like to be in conversations with my friends, trying to tell them like something's up because like I can't get a positive thought to to maintain like even though i was still doing affirmations i couldn't feel that shit and so for about two years i went through that like i was like taking drugs like trying to take an adderall to like get me to like move still nothing and i was like if i'm taking my adderall to work and then i'm still not working like something is wrong like (laughs) i was for real ass depressed but part of my depression had to do with i had judgment about depression I didn't believe that it was real. Right. My mother was depressed pretty much a lot of my entire life. And she was also bipolar. So I had a lot of judgment against her and not believing her experience. And whatever mm-hmm. it is that you have judgment about, you become imprisoned prison to it. So I became in prison to that very judgment I had. And I had to experience it for myself for a period long enough. To make it real, right? Because let's say I got over it in three months. I'd be like, you just got to do this. (laughs) No. Spirit, my experience, what I needed to create for myself because I wanted to be a coach and help millions of people. So I realized later, this is probably about a year later, where I was like, oh my God. I've been saying I want to help millions of people. What are millions of people dealing with? Depression. Right. And I was like, now I fucking get it. Yo, this shit is mad real. And now that I've gone through the experience, I have the experience to actually relate to somebody instead of talking at them. I know what it is that they were going through. And to me, that's an actual gift now.
0: Mm. Like who who, or what got you out of that depression in the end?
1: I'm going to say time. I, like, I had to go through that experience. Like, I, I don't think if it was you know, a few months that it would have been the same thing. I needed to experience the reality of it what it felt like. I also needed to go through the things that I needed to go through trying to get out of it. People use drugs, you use whatever you use. Like everybody has their vices that they kind of choose. Like I was trying to search for anything to help me find some happiness and light and none of that shit was working. But at the end of the day, the thing that I feel most got me out of it was continuing to do the self-development work. Like I was doing self-development programs still connecting with more people. And having more people see my light and remind me of who the fuck that I am. So even though I was in my depression, I still was coming through with a light that people could see that I wasn't seeing. So they were reminding me of what was still possible about myself. Mm. Um, The other thing was gratitude. When I finally realized why I was going through the experience experience instead of complaining about it, like uh, because a part of me was like, why me? How me? I was like, I'm spiritual. I meditate. Like, I'm so positive. Like, how can I be depressed? That was the thing that, like, I was in denial for so long. Like, I didn't even want to use the word. Because I was like, if I'm saying I'm depressed, I am affirming that for myself. So I even stopped saying I'm depressed. I said I'm going through a period where I just don't feel myself. Like, or I'm experiencing something where I don't feel my my normal self. But I wasn't still going to affirm that. Because in saying it, you still make it a part of you. And it was just an experience. So... The gratitude, though, when I finally was okay with what I was going through, that's when it kind of started to dissipate itself, and I started to connect more with people. And 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 it was just that 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 personal experience of like more uh, community that I needed to tap into versus kind of being this kind of lone wolf and doing everything myself. So I'm going to say those are the I gifts. Guess-
0: this de- this depression period, you said it was just after you had to shut the studios down. It started I mean,
1: pri- prior to me closing my studio, and then it kicked in uh-huh. full gear after I closed it.
0: <laughs> so I feel like it's, is that that for me like is like proof of something that I truly believe in. I've got a friend who's kind of going through a similar situation with a studio. And I said to her, I was like, the thing is, yes, it's really hard at this point, but it means that something else is coming. Oh, and I never my used goodness, to believe yes. that. But when you think about your situation, and like you said, you were like, thank God it closed. Because if you still had that studio when COVID happened. So I feel like, again, this was something that I never used to really believe in. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a believer. I, but like, I was like, manifestation, this is such bullshit, such a lie. And now I'm like, no, like something bad happens. This is the universe telling me something else is coming. Let's make way for that. And I, I love that you've got that same spirit. Yes. I, I kind of could tell from when I was doing my research before this child's, I could tell you were quite spiritual. Yes. But um, spirituality doesn't always necessarily mean positivity. And actually, yeah. you're such a positive spirit as well. I love that.
1: You can still but, have your shadow sides and your dark sides and still be very <laughs> spiritual. You can be spiritual as fuck mm-hmm. and still be a drug addict, sex addict, food addict, smoking addict. Like, you can have. You can have, there's two sides to all of us. Again, I'm Nicole the Pole, mm. Nicole the Soul Coach. I'm silly, I'm fun, I'm sexy. Like, I'm, we're so much than more than one thing. And I was trying to mm. box myself. Part of my depression was boxing myself in when I've never boxed myself. So even just going right. through the dilemma of thinking I needed to choose between coach or pole, literally depressed my spirit. Because my spirit was like, baby, you are bigger than trying to choose one of these little fucking categories. Right. So like a part of depression is playing small. It's it's you Mm. not living into who you fully are that even gets us to get into that space. It's not connecting with people. It's not moving your body. It's eating foods that are not good for you. It's taking drugs. It's uh, putting yourself out there in a sexual way that's not in actual agreement with who you are. So it's literally going against ourselves that can create depression sometimes. And it's getting, we got to mm-hmm. do the work to get aligned. So the depression is there to teach you something. And it's like, once you kind of get yes. that and and get people around you, like, I, I'm so glad I had people around me to kind of support me and hold me and be like, you're going to be okay. And I got you. Like I had that too. God. I had people that was That's like, I amazing. got you during this time. Like, it's going to be okay if you need anything. And I also needed to learn and lean on that. I was so used to doing everything myself where I would never even allow myself, like I wasn't even allowing myself to be hurt. Like I get emotional about that now because I wasn't allowing myself to be sad because I was so used to being happy instead of realizing that that's both part of my experiences. I was sad when I was younger. I was like, I don't ever want to be sad again. I just want to feel good. So that's why it was so hard for me to be feeling myself in such a down place. I thought something was wrong.
0: Right. It's (laughs) it's kind of like, hard I mean it's hard hearing anyone get upset it's hard to hear because it's like you as someone who like I suffered during the pandemic actually with depression um something again it's so weird I literally you talking it's like listening to myself <laughs> I used to be the same I used to be yeah. like depression what are you talking about exactly like, like, you just you need to just like cheer up do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and then when it happened to me I said to my husband I was like this is like an out-of-body experience I'm so sad I don't want to be sad yeah how do I stop this feeling it was horrible like I wouldn't wish it on anybody I would
1: not wish that on nobody (laughs) it's like an invisible it's like an invisible cage so crying is good that's another thing I cried so much and I wasn't a crier. I thought crying was weak. I'm soft. That means I'm not on my shit, honey. I cried the most I've ever cried, and then I realized crying is good. Crying is me releasing the bullshit stories that I've been telling myself about what emotions mean. Like I, I where, love where to cry now. Comes from? That comes from like my where, where upbringing. Do
0: you feel that right, my upbringing.
1: Okay. Like Again, living with a mother who was depressed and bipolar and living around a lot of angry energy within my my family group, my family surrounding. uh, I just saw so much stuff that I was like, this stuff doesn't feel right to me. And so I grew up going, I'm not going to be like any of that. <laughs> i don't want any of that energy so it was like anytime i felt anything that felt tough reminded me of angry anger kind of just that energy i was like i don't want to be around it i don't want to feel it i don't want nothing to do with it so in avoiding you also avoid emotions you know what i mean so i went through a period of life right. where it was like i was happy and i was doing good but i was also avoiding things that i didn't know until it came back and popped its ass up later
0: right so yeah it's I just, um, it's kind of, thank you for sharing that because it's nice to, this is the thing that I like about doing this. (laughs) This is... I would never have guessed this, like, about you. I bet so many people are going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. Paul has suffered with depression too. Oh, it yes. Makes people realise, actually, how human people are. And you don't see that on Instagram. You don't see that when you see – we don't share this stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And this is why I love talking to people like this. I literally could talk to you for hours, by the way. I feel yeah. – I'm fairly <laughs> covered what we're talking to you about. But just um, actually – I have to say as well, like before we finished, like I was a little bit worried about this actually, cause I wasn't really sure what you were going to be like. Oh, I, okay. I didn't really, we didn't, we'd never met. Yeah. I, I don't really know who you are. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, I don't know what sort of person you're going to be. And actually I just feel so much better. i speaking to you. You've got such a positive energy and actually it's so different to what I thought actually. And I hope you're not offended by that. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether it was going to be like a, a negative energy, like a, maybe too positive, like, but it was, it was just so refreshing to talk to you. And thank you for being so vulnerable and opening about that, that, because I think even though it's something so personal, I know that so many people are going to hear that and really relate to it. And I really appreciate you being so vulnerable with it. So thank, thank you, so, you
1: much. so much. I'm glad that you asked those questions. And <laughs> I said, when I was going through my depression, I was like, you know, this is a gift. Like I was like, I have to talk about it. I actually am excited. Like I love talking about it now, even though it still feels emotional, like, but it just reminds me of what that feeling is. And it reminds me if somebody else is going through it, I'm like, I still know what that shit feels like. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in that right. sense, like it feels good to be able to be vulnerable about, vulnerable about it because there was a, a time where I was hiding that and I don't have to hide mm-hmm. it anymore because hiding it kept me in it longer. Whatever it is that you're hiding, (laughs) you're going to stay in that shit longer. (laughs) It's like, you got to go, you got to go tell some people, you know what I mean? To help get you out.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to wrap this up, I want you to give me some plugs. Tell me about how people can get in contact with you. Tell me how they can get coaching from you, private lessons from you. Give me, everything all the things all right
1: so my website is nicole the pole.com i i have two instagram pages nicole the pole and also nicole the soul coach you can send me a dm on either page in regards to private lessons Um, If you're a studio in whatever state or country I am available to do workshops, I'm ready to start putting myself back out there again. Um, And Mm -hmm. also coaching workshops. So like one of the things I want to do with my manifest and envisioning workshop, like how to go from student to performer. That's another workshop that I'm offering. I got to do that in Finland at Ona Studio. Um, I got to do it for the Black Girls Pole Retreat. And then I've done one online with Sergio uh, Luis. I offered that workshop. So if you would like me to host that workshop on how to go from student to perform and how to manifest dream opportunities and how to get into the business, I'm available to do that either virtually or in person.
0: Um, what else? Didn't you say you were going to be doing um, you were going to be doing some sort of free workshop or something's coming out? Well, yeah, that that I'm going to be doing out. that as a virtual too.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to be offering okay. you know everybody may not see it, so I still want to offer it to people right. to like bring me in specifically to work with their group of students, uh-huh. you know, like like that type of thing. And then I'm also available to just do that for general people in general, like and do vision list workshops and vision board workshops, like all of, all the things yeah. vision related manifested. I'm your girl. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then let me see what else. Um, yeah, I think that's it. NicoleThePole.com. NicoleThePole. Yeah
0: make sure you share that event with me as well because obviously we've spoken so much about this like then we can share it on the polos page and my page and then yeah people will see it and then come to this event and also i think with free events like that it's funny as well actually you know we were talking about like oh sometimes you don't need to be paid to get paid later Mm -hmm. these free workshops and stuff oh no this This is gonna be a paid workshop
1: this is gonna be a paid workshop yes because you are investing in yourself
0: (laughs) but talking about like you know when people do do free workshops and stuff that's one thing that actually happened to me once when I did a free thing and uh-huh. people were like oh why are you giving stuff away for free and I'm like because it's not about this free exactly. thing it's about what's going to come from the free thing yep. so I loved your talk about that that was actually really really interesting but yeah. listen I I have taken way too much of your time already I've loved talking to you thank you so much for coming on to this podcast Um, and I hope we can at least meet someday I hope Yes, in the same country at some point point. and um, yeah take care of yourself and I hope to speak to you again soon
1: thank you dan so much it was a pleasure talking to you thank you
0: oh thank you so much bye Bye. thank you so much for listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it i absolutely loved doing this podcast and as you can see this one went way over an hour because i just enjoyed talking to nicole i felt like she was such an amazing energy i just wanted to soak it all up it was so surprising actually and i really enjoyed it so please reach out let me know if you enjoyed it tell me what you took away from it and let me know who else you would like to see on the show coming up thank you nicole for coming on you were awesome until next time bye that was all the tea that you can get this week join me next time right here it's the weekly tea